Hello? Okay, you just let me know when you on. You on? Yes, yes, sir. I'm on. We're ready. Excellent. 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 I'm ready too. So let's get started. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate y'all for taking the time out to listen to this. This is a special podcast right here. Actually, it's an emergency podcast at that. Uh, I'm your host, Celine Trice, and I'm with nothing more than my co-host, Edward N. Biller. And we're going to give you a beautiful, beautiful session today, hopefully. Uh, get into that. Uh, before I get into that, Edward, let me just let, let, let me just make a few announcements. Let the you know, let the audience know what's you know what's coming down the pipe. Uh, the first announcement that I wanted to make was in regards to the research think tank that uh, me and my co-host decided to to build and to develop and to create. And one of the main purposes of it is to pretty much do research on economic issues, political issues. Uh, issues relating to crime, issues relating to poverty, uh, issues relating to business. Um, we felt that we felt that that's needed. Uh, also, it, legal issues. You know, you know, issues relating to the legal ramifications of certain things, or certain institutions, or certain actions that private organizations may take, companies may take, businesses may. We felt it was necessary. We felt it's needed. Uh, one of the main purposes of it is to pretty much control our own narrative. We feel that when it comes to the low income people or people of color, we feel that one of the one of the aspects that they are completely underrepresented of is in relation to the 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 issue of controlling the their own socioeconomic, their own social and economic uh, reality. And a lot of that comes from misinformation. A lot of that, a lot of that also comes from information that they may feel is validated solely because they trust it. So we felt that we wanted to fill that void. We feel that it's a good outlet for people to tap into. And like I said, we want to control our own narrative. And the other thing that 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 we felt was necessary is that we pretty much want to be a database for people to tap into and look up whenever they need clarity on a particular issue, whatever they need clarity on a particular matter that's going on or any current event that may be taking place. Another announcement that I wanted to make that's coming down the pipe is we are going to sooner rather than later uh, establish some sort of roll call where we have many of attorneys from various of states many psychologists from various of states, domestic abuse counselors from various of states, because there's a lot of things that that's about to take place. There's a lot of things that are taking place and a lot of people are going to need help on things, you know, when in, in, in relation to, you know, being, being evicted uh, in relation to not being able to pay bills, being hungry. A lot of people want to know what are solutions that, that, that they can tap into. So that's another thing that's coming down a pipe. And speaking of that, workers is now starting to get back to work, or at least planning to get back to work with the reopening of the economy. And my co-host, I want him to take it from here because he actually has something that's very, very, very important for workers that's about to usher back into the economy. What they need to look out for, because there is definitely something coming down a pipe. Edward, take it from here. 
Okay. So with let's start with, with everyone going back to work. So most people now that have been laid off, if they have been approved for unemployment and they're receiving it, they're roughly receiving probably between 750 and I know here in Tennessee, the max you can receive is 600 from the federal government and $275 from the state of Tennessee per week. Okay. And that's, that's just about the bulk of everyone that was working full time and they were laid off. And that's regardless of whether or not they were working as a server, no matter what job they had. That's roughly what they're receiving right now from the from the federal government and the state. Now, going back to work. When they do go back to work, well, let me let me take a step back. Let's talk about the certification, the weekly certification of um, your unemployment with with the unemployment office that you have to do every week. Every week, um, anyone on unemployment has to do a certification. And that certification has to be submitted to the unemployment office. And part of that certification is whether or not you are actively looking for a job and you're still at, or whether or not you found a job or you're still unemployed or whether you're unemployed due to COVID-19 and you haven't gone back to work. Okay. So, so the federal government monitors those with regard to unemployment. And every week that information is submitted to the states and the states contact the employers and whether or not, especially now they're contacting the former employers because they're trying to figure out if people that were furloughed due to COVID-19 and if their business actually received the stimulus loan from the government that is supposed to be used to pay the employees, that information has to be reported to the federal government too. So they're closely monitoring that. So as soon as people go back to work, you would no longer receive that benefit from the federal government, that $600. Now, I'm not certain whether you'll receive it from the state still to uh, the, the benefit, the partial benefit that comes from the state to subsidize your income, because here's the reality. When people go back to work, they are not going to make what they were making before this coronavirus happened and before the economy shut down. Because what you have to realize is the economy was full steam ahead. Businesses were booming. The stock market was at all time high and constantly just just gradually climbing. Well, now we've taken a hit and we've taken a quick major hit to the tune of 30 million people unemployed, filing for unemployment and approved for unemployment. That is a major hit to go to 30 million people applying for unemployment and receiving that within a period of three months. That's a huge hit. So you also have to think about those 30 million people that don't have jobs, a lot of their money they spent and helped the economy, helped boost the economy. So what's going to happen is people are going to go back to work and they're going to go back to work part time because a lot of the states also have in place this, the, the steps that they take, step one, step two, step three, step four, 
on reopening their their governments. So, for example, um, some of the states are opening and only allowing restaurants at 25 or 50 percent capacity. Well, those servers that were working there, they were making their money and their tips and they're earning their living based on 100% capacity of their business. I mean, because let's be honest, a successful server isn't going to go work at a business that the restaurant is only at 50% capacity all the time because they know they're not going to make the kind of tips they want. They want to work somewhere where it's constantly packed and people tip well. That's where you're going to make the bulk of your money as a server. Well, if the people aren't there tipping, if they're not at 50%, then it's reasonable to say that you can make the deduction or you can deduce that that server is only going to make 50% of what they were making if the business is only allowed to operate at 50% of capacity when they were formerly working at 100% of capacity. Now, it's not an exact number, an exact figure, but just doing the math on the percentages of how many people were in there now, I can go in and eat now and how many were there before. I mean, you can see where that, that income is going to be drastically hit. Well, if you go back to work, you're no longer going to receive the 600. Well, if you're not at least making somewhat similar to that 600, then you're taking a loss. And most people are going to take a substantial loss once they go back to work because the federal benefits were putting them back where they were before the coronavirus happened. Well, now you go back to work and chances are you're only going to be making 50% of that amount of money. Well, your bills are still going to be the same. So that's one aspect of it. If you look at it that way, the second aspect of it is as we go back to work, should the second wave hit that all of our scientists have been warning about and you have to shut down again, then what? Because most people that finally did get approved for unemployment, it took four to six weeks to finally get the unemployment. So if it took this long the first time, what's going to happen on the back end when you're already making half as much money as you were when it happened the first time. People well, I, mean, be- I, I, I think this is a simple, I, I think it's a, this is a simple textbook issue. I mean, most people are going to act in their self-interest. Uh, I, most people, they, I, I mean, you, you, you can calculate the benefit, you can calculate the loss, like, right? If, 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 if an employer is asking you or requesting you to come back and you're not coming back at full time, then you already know that the opportunity cost of coming back is significantly greater in the event that you just would have stayed and collect unemployment. So I, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, like, I don't think, I don't think people are going to go against their own self-interest in that regard. I think, you know what I'm saying? Like it just, it, it just economically doesn't make sense to me, nor does the thing of, or nor nor does the concept of an employer uh, hiring or bringing back a particular server, knowing that he or she can't operate at full capacity because they're taking a loss as well. So I mean, right. I mean, I mean, I mean, is it can can we distinguish between because you don't necessarily have to operate at full capacity 
to still get the to still get a bang for your buck, whether you're the whether you're the business owner or whether you're the server. The only I mean, I mean, I, I think the only how that kind of impacts you is if you're not able to open full time. Right. If you can't run it full time, then I can see that being an issue. But if you're able to run it full time, but you're only able to run it at full time, but you're only able to run it at 50 percent capacity, you can still get a bang for your buck, depending on the amount of volume that you're able to generate. Because, I mean, if you're talking about restaurants and, and, and it seems like I think that's what you're leaning to when you're dealing with restaurants or when you're dealing with, you know, service industries where you actually have people that's serving other people. When you're when, when you're looking at that, you know, that's that's typically one of the metrics that they rely on, which is value. Right. If you have a lot of people coming, then you can kind of compensate for the loss that you that you that you may be taking. It's kind of like one offsets the other. Another thing is drive throughs haven't stopped. Uh, I think what a lot of a lot of these uh, restaurants are going to do is they're going to they're going to they're going to keep keep employing uh, drive throughs or keep employing takeout as well as being able to come in and operate at 50 percent capacity. So, you know, I just I think I think it depends on. I think it depends on more factors than just simply an, an, an employee going back to work, losing out. They only lose out depending on other issues. Well, well, here's 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 part of the problem too. The companies that actually receive the the, the loans from the government, and let's keep in mind these are forgivable loans as long as all of the loan, the money from the loans is used to pay employees. Hmm. Okay, so so the business is protected because these loans were set up to last eight weeks to pay every employee that worked for that company, okay? So in essence, the company is protected in taking a chance because if things don't go well, the American government is paying all the employees for the company. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I see but, what you're saying, but that's nothing new. No, 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 it's not. But here's, here's been protected. Well, here's the other half, though. Here's the other half of that. So the business is protected. The only person taking a chance is the employee. Right. The employee's the one taking a chance. The business has security by all payroll being covered for the employee. So the employee is 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 in theory being used as a guinea pig for the business to see if the business can come back and survive. Yeah, I get what you. But, I, I get that. I just, I just, I'm, 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 I'm looking at it. I'm evaluating it, and I'm saying, I get exactly what you're saying. I absolutely agree with you, but I just don't see where does that differ from the traditional metric of doing business. That's how business is always done, and has always well, been done in America, at least. This is how. This is how, because this is what's happening. I'm, I'm getting calls from clients left and right here in Nashville, Tennessee, people are being brought to work, brought back to work, and they're being scheduled for three days. Because if you schedule for two days, you can still accept some of the benefits. But if you're scheduled for three days, then you just got to come on back to work. 
So they're not even getting a full 40 hours to work as a server. And then at that, the, I mean, once the benefits are gone, the employee still only has to pay them 275 an hour unless they don't equal minimum wage. But but the reality is, why are you taking a chance on people's livelihoods and their lives and forcing them to go back to work? Because, I mean, just, just talking about the health back, health aspect of it, that's a whole other story with possibly catching the coronavirus. But what's even more important to people, some people, is their ability to take care of themselves and pay their bills. So you're pulling the employees out of a sure thing to send them back into the workforce when, like, like I said, based on the guidelines of some of the states, they know walking in the door of that business that it's only going to operate at 50% capacity. And if you have to call all employees back under this loan program, which you do, you have to call them all back in. And the first thing they ask you is, are you ready, willing, and able to come back to work? That's the first question they're asking these employees. And if they say no, that has to be reported back to unemployment. Not no with an explanation, just no. And then your benefits get cut off. So you're, you're, you're sending all employees back at the same time, knowing that some of the governors, as well as some of the larger cities, have ordinances for the cities and statutes or or not statutes but executive orders from the governors of some of these states saying that when these restaurants open they can only operate some at 25 percent some of the states some of the cities some at 50 percent now some states or some cities like georgia like atlanta it's just 100 percent. just everybody go back to work but in the states that are trying to make sure that people are safe as they go back to work, it's causing a financial hardship on the people that are going to be called back to work because they're not going to make near, near either what they were making before they, this whole pandemic or what they were making before they were called back in, into work from the benefits they were, they were receiving from unemployment. Well, here's the deal, though. I don't, it's two things with that. One, I don't think that's an employee employer issue. I think that's a structural issue. And I think that, and, and I think that has to be addressed in terms of government. You know, people need to petition their state legislatures, email their state legislatures, and hopefully try to get that, you know, try to try to get that to the floor, try to get that petition to the floor, or try to get them to represent those people are, are, are their constituents in the right capacity so that they can get a, a, a just due in relation to that issue. But I don't think that's an employer employee issue. I, I think that issue is structural because let's face it, it's in the best interest of the states to send these people back to work. A state is not going to be able to sustain itself for long periods of time by just dishing out money and not collecting no revenue. It's just not going to work. Realistically, it's not going to work. So it's not in their interest to keep you on unemployment, which brings me to my second point. Right. It's sort of like that saying, well, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because what you're describing, although it may be correct, I feel like it's inevitable. I feel like it's something that's going to happen 
regardless of which way you choose to go with it. If you choose to go with it your way, then yes, there is potential harm there. But if you go with it the other way in terms of people just, well, just saying, well, look, I'll just I'll just kick back and I'll just stay on unemployment because there's more an incentive for me to stay on unemployment as opposed to go back out in the workforce. Right. So I'm just going to stay on unemployment. Then there's potential harm there as well. Right. Because a state just is not going to be able to continuously dish out money and not collect any revenue. Something is going to have to give either on a front end or on a back end. So it really doesn't matter which way you go with it. At least that's my take on it. That's my assessment of it. I don't know if you should have so the now, same view, but now that's my assessment. So, so now we're playing the class, not, not you and I, but I'm saying the people in general are being forced to play the classic game of the lesser evil. So let's look at what the lesser evils are. Okay? Because if you're going to play the game, then allow people to at least know what the lesser evils are, what the options are, if you're going to make them play that game. Period. So, so here are the lesser evils in, in some of the options. One, the economy shuts down. We go into a, a, a deep recession, but we take all the measures to make sure we save as many as many American lives we, as possible. We, 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 me and you fundamentally disagree that the economy. No, no, no. I don't agree that the economy shuts down. Even when there's a recession, the machine is still running. Because people benefit off both sides. If there's a, if there's a, all right. Well, let me not use that phrase. Let's not get hung up on words. Okay. All right. <laughs> let me not use that phrase. Okay. Because, because in the in the in the effort of time, I'll happily use another word. So, so let's say instead of that, let's say we just go back to the stay-at-home orders instead of a shutdown. No problem. We just go back under the stay-at-home orders, and everybody stays in their home. And we continue to try and mitigate and save human lives. And and we at least do that until we have all the states with sufficient testing, at least sufficient testing and sufficient screening, period. period. Well, that's a state issue. So it's a it's a state, but it's also it's a state. But people keep forgetting the states. Look for look to the federal government for assistance in certain issues when they do fall short. Right, but with respect okay. to this, right, but with respect to reopening, states has states have been consistent with maintaining their autonomy in terms of deciding when to open and when not to open. Right, and they've been given, and they've been given that leeway. So I mean, well, well, well now states, well, now states. States have done that. Some of the states have done that not by choice. It's just when when you eventually someone has to be the true leader. If the true leader is not going to give a clear path, we can all work. All 50 of us can clearly work towards hey, and work hey, on. Hey, let's let's do something better. Let's not let's not limit it to leader. Let's broad it out to leadership and leadership in terms of whoever is in a position to lead the people or to instruct the people on certain guidelines that they should take to mitigate their, you know, to mitigate the risk, right? So let's not center it to one particular leader, right? The last time I checked, leadership is bigger than one person. So it goes to all. So so let's deal 
it it is you you have to look at authority of government and 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 separation but you don't have to look at that right here i don't see because even even the main authority of government that you're referring to gave states the leadway in terms of deciding when they should open up so much that even when a state of georgia opened up at more than 25% capacity at more than 50% capacity to some estimation even when the main authority was in disagreement with that he still allowed the governor to do that so i think in this case it's not like we don't i think what happens is we we, we throw out all of these well let's look at this government let's look at this we don't we don't have to Help do me. that with this because the matter is the matter is simple in relation to reopening the economy. It's a state by state decision. Well, yeah, that's that's because the states have the authority to open their borders. No one has the authority to tell Tennessee's governor that due to a health crisis, he can't. I mean, you can challenge it on the Commerce Clause, but he can surely put in safety measures in place like um, stay at home orders. Now, closing the borders is one thing, but stay-at-home orders for all the citizens within the state of Tennessee, the governor has the right to do We're not that. Talking about that. And no one has the right to tell him no except for the I'm legislature. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a governor doing that because most governors have done that with, with, with certain precautions put in place. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a governor having a decision to reopen the economy that right there has already been established that they have that they have that autonomy to do that and it's a state by state issue each state is looking at their circumstance looking at their capacity of testing looking at their capacity of confirmation in terms of who contracted it and they're making an informed decision based on that data that's what i'm saying It's a state issue. All right. Well, it's what it's a it's a state it's a state issue. And then just another thing: the stay-at-home order. You have to understand the stay-at-home order. To me, nothing comes without a cost. So even this home order is associated with a cost as well. Like there's no free lunch in a situation. The stay-at-home order is also associated with a cost. A major call. You you are you are right. You are right. Okay. A major cost. All right. Now, now what's the cost? Now, if it means keeping people alive, am I willing to eat beans and rice for a month? Am I willing to go that far to have nothing but beans and rice, maybe a dozen eggs a week, maybe one gallon of milk, like they did in the Great Depression when that happened? They had to ration out food to make sure everyone was okay and everyone had what they needed. If it took that to make sure I could help save American lives, yeah, I'd happily just eat beans and rice for a month. I mean, is it really that big of a sacrifice that I can't have my normal life for a month or two months or hell, even for a year to save human life? Yes. Yeah. How, How does that? How does it that that fundamentally okay? Because you can, can, can I ask you a question? Can, can, let, let me let me ask you a question. Let, let me please ask you a question. 
Yeah. Because this is what I don't understand. And I think when it comes to that, I think you definitely have to look at the data. You have to look at the data in terms of the mortality rate. You have to look at the data in terms of what is the rate of the mortality rate. You got to look at the data in terms of cases. You got to look at the data in terms of population. You have to look at all of that. And then you have to ask yourself, is the cost, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to devalue human life because I will hope no one devalues mine. But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to explain to you is that regardless of which way you slice it, you're, you're costing. There's a cost there. And the example that you bring up in terms of, you know, do I got to do the beans and rice and X, Y, and Z? I think you're assuming that people have beans and rice to do it with. There's some people that don't have beans and rice to do it with. So it ain't it ain't an issue of beans and rice. It's an issue of life and death, right? And 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 I think and I think that's completely undermined. I think, uh, and this is a point that I completely, uh, com- completely is profound about. I don't understand celebrities. I think celebrities, yeah. celebrities, celebrities is being used to 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 to. It's like celebrities is being used to promote a political agenda. They, they, me, me personally, I think they, other than just giving whatever it is that they want to give, whatever charity that they do, political work to me, and I'm agreeing with a lot of scholars that came prior, political work to me is not left personally, to me, should not be left in the brains of celebrities. No, not at all. But the, the question that I have for you is, why in my world? You can do what you want to do. Meaning in my world, you can say, you know what? I want to stay home. I don't want to go out. I want to stay home. I want to wear a mask when I do go out and I want to stay home. In my world, you can do that. But in your world, I can't can't say I want to go out to try to make a living for my family. That's what I don't understand. Why why, why do I got to conform to your rules in your world? But in my world, you're free to do what you want to do. Hell, because you've been doing that your whole life. The same way I can go to Illinois and buy a pound of marijuana legally and not have a problem, but if I come back to Tennessee with it, I'm going to jail for 10 years. You've been doing that your whole life in this country. You just had, it's it's, it's never smacked you in the face. No, you're not. It's a simple question. Why in my, meaning that you you have some people, you have you have some people in the populace that are saying, listen, I don't want to go back to work. I support the lockdown. I, and, and actually, what they support, they support a blanket lockdown. They don't necessarily support a lockdown with certain precautions and restrictions. They support a blanket lockdown, meaning that you're just systematically locked down indefinitely. Right. And what I'm saying is you have some people in the populace that support that. And what they want to do or what they attempt to do is impose that on other people. But the other people that don't support that, they just say, listen, man, I just want to go back. I just want to go back to work to make a living. If you want to stay in the house, stay in the house. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. What I'm saying is why in their world, you can still do what you want to do. But in your world, they can't do that. They ain't got the option to do that. I got to be conformed to make a living because you scared. Why? 
But I, I mean, but that's that's you 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 you're dealing with it now because it's a hot topic. That's that that there are no laws in place, and we're going by this one by one, and it's being debated. But that's every law in this country. Every law that's passed, every regulation that we have in this country, in this country, it's no, the it's same not. argument. And you do it. It's, it's the same. Okay, you got, oh, you have a large number, not all, but a large number of Republicans that feel like no assault rifle with whether it's got a stop to it. The, 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 I, I, I can't think of what the stock, the, it's called the something stock that makes the automatic weapon shoot like a regular. That like, like it's not semi-automatic, it's just automatic. But these people think all that stuff should be legal. Same guns they use in the military. We should be able to buy here in our regular stores. And then you have a lot of the Democrats that say, no, it's not safe. There's no reason to put military weapons on the street. And then you got a Republican saying, hey, you're infringing on my constitutional right to bear arms. Constitution says I can do that. But then the Democrats and the courts say, no, you can't. Because you have the right to bear arms, but you don't need military rifles in a regular public setting. You don't need those type of guns to bear arms and protect yourself. So, I mean, this country has constantly always said, why do we have to have these protections? Why can't I just be free and have my guns? I'm just using the guns because it's the biggest it's argument that's a, ever been made in this argument. country when it comes to your rights and not your rights. It's not no, a I gun argument, but it's not a good argument. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's not. It's just an example of no matter what a law is or what a regulation is here in this country, somebody's not going to be happy about it and somebody's going to be yeah, happy but this that goes we have beyond it. That. You got to understand, <laughs> this goes beyond that, though, because when you first off, <laughs> guns to me, guns don't kill people. People kill people. So if you want to, you don't, you don't, you don't, if, if you want to fix gun laws, Focus on all of the psychological ills and all of the things that motivate people to commit crime in the first place. And naturally, you will see gun violence significantly decline. Focus on that. Quit focusing on quit focusing on the instrumentality. Focus on the actual mentality of people if you want to reduce gun violence. I, it's it's I don't I, I never understood that. All right, but this, I was just talking about the law. I, I wasn't, I wasn't okay. talking about, I, I wasn't, I wasn't to get off subject. I wasn't talking about gun laws. I'm going to get to the law right now. I understand. I agree with you. I agree with your premise. The that, whole point no, is some people will be happy with it's the law bigger than that because what won't. you want to do is you want to restrict movement. That's not the same. You want to. To say you're trying to, life. you want to restrict movement. You, you, you going so much to tell me that I can't even visit my mother. I can't even visit my brother. I can't even do X, Y, and Z. I can't even breathe air. Th th this is what you're telling me. That's completely. No, you can breathe no, air. Now, come on, now you can breathe some air. No, 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 no matter no, where you I mean, go, you can you breathe. I, I don't mean that you literally can't. <laughs> I don't mean that you literally can't like breathe air. I just mean that I just mean that you want to when you're talking about fundamental differences in a way certain laws apply to certain things and how people may dislike it because it doesn't necessarily favor with 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 their with their political view is 
that's one thing. But this is different. You're you're restricting movement. You're you, you you're telling people that they can't visit this. And once you get to that point, that's different. And there's a dichotomy between the two. You can't compare that with that. That's different. And what I'm saying is, in my world, you can do what you do. But in your world, I got to conform to that. And I don't understand that. Because I'm not scared. I'm not saying me, me, saying me as in general. I'm not scared. You are. So if you... I don't. Why You're I gotta not, stay in the house if you scared? Maybe. Well, it's 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 not. It's here's a here's here's the thing, man. Because because children don't have a choice, and it's things killing children, and a lot of elderly people don't have a choice, and it's killing the elderly, and it's killing a large number of African Americans. Okay, and you and I both know it's a good chance. That when we go out, we're going to be around a large number of African Americans. So it's actually a little bit more important for you and I to exercise these stay at home orders because we see statistically that it's killing black folks the worst based on the stats. Now, granted, you can argue the stats and, and you can argue the stats. And you can argue all that other stuff. I don't want to get in that. But I do uh, want to take a step back to something you, you gonna, said. You're going to say you don't want to get I, into that, but you're going to mention it. No, 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 no. What, 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 look, we can't get into that. But we need to stay, take a step back because you said something and put it out there that people have to recognize that, that it's not as bad as it is. Uh, this thing is so horrific right now simply because America still isn't organized. We still, even now, yeah, but aren't organized. So say, so say the response that we are taking with respect to this is still absurd. But well, people, you, you, people are getting so frustrated but, 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 but simply because there's no organization. There's no organization, which means no one can give a solid way out. No one can give a solid, this is what it's going to take. Because every time someone says one thing, if one side of the political um, 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 pendulum leans one way, then they have to react and change it. No, 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 no. Instead, we're going to do this. So the pendulum will swing back to the other political way. This event that's going on right now in this country I can't speak for the world, but in this country, the decisions we are making to save human lives, okay, the basis for those decisions are politics right now in this wow. country. It's not about human life. It's not about money. The, our leaders are making these decisions on human life based on politics, that this thing happened in the worst time it ever could have. When we have a, the person in, in office we have right now who wants to be elected, reelected as president, and we are at the heels, the hottest moment of a reelection campaign. And we know this man will do anything he needs, wants, and can do to get reelected at all costs by any means. I know all necessary. politicians would do what they need to do and do what they got to do to get reelected by all costs. Stop. I, no let me ask you a question. Let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a simple question. I wanna, and, and, and then you can go on with the, you could go on with your, your nice soliloquy and everything like that. Let me just ask you this question. 
since when have decisions not been made on a political basis? When? When? I like to know when. I like to know when has a crisis ever came about in the in American history where the decision was not made you, off of political persuasion. When? You you really you really don't know the answer to those. I do questions? know the answer. I mean, because the first one, the first one they that comes been. to mind to me in my life is the biggest one. Um, when the Civil Rights Act was that signed was made by our on president. a political basis as well. Of course. No, no, it wasn't. Of That's course. That's why he didn't run for re-election. They told him before he signed that it would cost it him his re-election. No, it wasn't. Of course. They told him he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. He signed the Civil Rights Act. If you do this, it, 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 it don't matter what they told him at the end. He wasn't getting reelected anyway. Let's knock it off, man. I mean, quit, quit, quit all of that. It was made on a. It was. It, it was made on okay. a political. Okay. It was you, made you asked me. You asked me how was it to his political benefit for a president from Texas to sign the Civil man. Rights Act. It made. It made. How was that to his benefit? Yeah, I like what you're doing because what you're doing here is you're centering politics and you're centering the actual benefit to the individual. I'm centering. No, my brother. Well, you said I'm, give me an example of when that's the case. If that's influence. Why did you say that they told him that he would not get reelected? I'm not talking about a him. I'm not talking about a her. I'm talking about an institution. Pop, but, but, but because he didn't let that that was that was you you asked me for an example and that was an example of when a U.S. president um, chose what was right chose what was right versus his political party. First off, you only gave me one example, and that example is not even right because what I'm asking is on a institutional level, when have a decision ever been made in American history? That involved a crisis that was not made on political basis. With how was that not a crisis? How was the Civil Rights Act not a crisis, man? Are you saying that now? You're not listening. I never said how it wasn't was a crisis. I said, I said on a crisis in America. I said it was a crisis. I'm saying, though, when has when has a decision? never been made on a political basis in relation to a crisis in America. All these, when crises come about in America, all politics is, is, is inserted into it and decisions is made on that. There has never been a time in American history that that has never been the case. That has always been the case. So this whole, you know, this whole, this whole thing, this whole, this whole motivation, this whole drive of, Pointing the finger, I call it the boogeyman. This old driver pointing the finger at the boogeyman. You not, you, you can't fool me with that. I mean, they, 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 they all in the mucking minds together. This thing is bigger than Trump. This ain't a Trump thing. Come on. Okay, I'm gonna get back to the coronavirus. So, so here's the thing. This is what I was saying back when you said the whole issue on the pigs. Um, the not 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 the pigs, but that was that was what I was thinking of when when you were talking about people. If this situation is so serious that people don't have 
can't even afford the beans and rice. America has food not to cool. feed people. Okay, but we're not organized. Don't don't don't. We're don't not do organized. Okay. Don't do no 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 don't no. For it to hit, for, for, for wait wait wait. For it to hit the papers, and for it to be on the media, that you have farmers euthanizing animals because they can't take them to slaughter. I'm sorry. I I I, I know plenty of people. They don't have a factory to take something to, but they can take a pig and slaughter it and roast it and do anything else with it. So we're killing animals that we bred to feed people, but there's not enough food for people to eat in America right now. People at home with no food. Always and they like can't that. get beans or rice. Well, then why not? Why are we animals? Why are we euthanizing animals in America, in America prior, to, prior to the coronavirus? No. <laughs> No, of course. No, nothing like this. Not, not a thousand to five thousand pigs per day. I mean, I mean, that's the reason why you got animal human rights activists and everything like that. This thing's this like like this thing's. I'm agreeing with you. No. I'm just I'm agreeing with you. But I think I think a lot of what you're saying is hype because it's something that's been going on. This is nothing new. It's been going on, is what I'm saying. That's all, all right. Let me, let me let me hit you with something that's not hype. Okay, that's just true to your core. But, but because I'm torn in two, all right, because I hear the argument that people are making, you know, as an attorney, as a business owner myself, because I'm, I'm a self practitioner, I, I do my own thing, I have my own thing. So, granted, for people not to be working, staying in the house, I'm taking a hit. I'm not making as much as I was before this thing happened, okay. And so it would be for, man, please send these people back to work. Because if they go back to work, then hell, I got clients that owe me money now. They can't pay me because they're not working. But if they go back to work, I can happily get paid and in a hurry. But see, I'm torn in this situation. Because although I may not go to church every Sunday, I strongly believe in my faith, which is why I strongly believe that my life is the way it is right now, that I'm not... Uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough and I have been blessed enough that I don't have to worry about where my meal is going to come. My, my next meal is going to come from. And I do pay that back when I help people because if they can't afford it, I still represent people. But the reality is this. I can, I can hope for them to go back. If they hurried up and went back, I'd have all my money from all my clients. And we're talking thousands of dollars within a period of three to four weeks. But on the other flip side of that coin, I believe in this, this, this spirit, this thing that we all call God, okay? And, 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 and there's just some, something inside of me, I don't know, some old folks call it the Holy Spirit, maybe that's what it is. There's just something inside of me that says, my God wouldn't be too happy with me rushing people back to work so I could get money knowing that I'm putting them at risk of death. But because you see, my God may interpret that, that I feel that money is more important than life itself. When my whole time growing up in a church, I was taught that the greatest gift God gave man was life. Edward. Edward. So that's where I'm going. Edward, man, I, I think I'm, 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 you either I'm, have faith I'm, and belief. I'm, I'm, the thing is, the thing is, faith is not a one-way street. So, and 
the thing that I the, the issue that I have with with that argument because I've been hearing that argument a lot. The issue that I have with that argument is that your order in order for that argument to sustain itself, you would have to assume that the person that's going out is automatically facing a death sentence, and they're not. See, that's the problem with that argument. The logic breaks down because what you're saying is that. God, you know, you know, God has always taught me it's life over money. So you're assuming that the person that's going out to make money is automatically getting a death sentence by doing that. That's not the case. And it also could apply in reverse. It could be that the person that's going out to make money believes that his God is going to provide him that money in order to sustain his life. So what I'm saying is is what I was saying before. Why is it when it comes to you, I got to I gotta conform to what you're telling me. But when it comes to me, I can't do what I want to do. You want me to conform to your world and don't do anything. Because that don't make no sense. I'm asking you to think about somebody besides you. No, no, I'm asking you to think about somebody you- besides yourself. Because the way you explain it, no, 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 but because me, there, there is no me in this oh, situation of the coronavirus, it's us. So we check all it out. have to and, live and, here, man. That's what I we said. And that's why I originally we, said, stay home then. What is the problem with a person saying, listen, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I'm staying home. Stay home then. But why do you take, why do you take your, why do you it, take, because, and, and let's face it, I mean, you, 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 you're throwing this coronavirus thing out here like this is something that as soon as you go outside, you're going to drop dead. I, come on, man. Knock it off. No, no, that's 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 not what this is. It, it'll be three weeks before you that's ever not, see that, signs oh, on, that you have. That, that, that's not even two to three weeks. That's another thing. That's not ba- OK, I'm not based on based on. So, OK, based on some of the statistics out of fairness. You don't know when we you immediately understand. have the coronavirus. Based on statistics, though, okay, based on those same statistics. I, you know what? You know what? Forget about it. Let me give you three weeks. Let me say, okay, you got it. All right. For the sake of argument, I'll just say, okay, I'll give you three weeks. On them same statistics that you're reading, you need to read that over 80% is having mild symptoms. You need to read that about 90% is recovering. So what do you, I, I don't, I don't like, like, like when you, when, when you throw this and, and this is, and this is not, and I, and, want my, and I want my audience to know this, I'm by no means downplaying any of this. We already know this takes people out. But what I'm saying is if you want to get realistic about the data, you need to start bringing in all of it and not part of it. And that's what I'm talking about. You're right about that, but I will say this. One of the greatest lessons my dad taught me is you have to assess things in life, okay? And at the end of the day, why take a chance? Why take a chance? Some things are too valuable for you to take a chance on no matter what the the statistics say. Now, you can take that chance, and a lot of people are going to take that chance. But, brother, I'm praying every day that the outcome you believe is going to happen does happen. Because if the outcome happens that I believe is going to happen, we ain't well, seen nothing I, close well, to bad. I'm going to say this, and then you can, you can have the last word. Um, you can't avoid death. 
whatever's decreed for you is decreed for you. And you can't avoid that. I don't care what you do. I don't care whether you stay home. I don't care whether you hide under a rock. I don't care whether you whether I don't care whether you hide under the sheet. I don't care what goes on. Whatever's meant for you is going to find you. Believe you me. You cannot avoid the inevitable. You can do lockdowns into infinity. You cannot avoid the inevitable. That's one. The second thing I would say in terms of why take a chance in X, Y, and Z? My experience taught me, nobody told me anything. My experience taught me that there are people that are not privileged like you. See, it's easy to say, why go out there? Why do that? Why do that? When you're good, when your belly is full, when you got a full plate, when you got, when, when you got your refrigerator full and everything like that. And you living up in a mansion and stuff like that. Not you as in you, but in general. It's easy to say that. And it's easy to look at those that are going out there trying to scrape up a dollar, trying to scrape up a living to provide anything for their family. It's easy for you to look at them like some of these celebrities did and say how idiotic they are, how stupid they are, how insulting they are. See, it's easy for you to do that because you're in a position of privilege. But that same privilege that you're in a position of, you won't deny other people in pursuing that by criticizing them for going out there to try to make a living. I'm not talking about somebody going out there to party. I understand that. If you're going out there to party, I get that. I'm not talking about somebody trying to turn it up in a club and everything like that. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about basic human action of someone going out there trying to live and you trying to tell them that in order to, that, that that them doing that is choosing is choosing money over life and stuff like that. Nah, brother, we don't worship the same God because I'm not taught like that. I don't do that. I'm not privileged like that. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to say that. And you can have it. You can have the last word. So. I'm not privileged. I was, but I'm not anymore. And that's the promise. I didn't say you was. I'm not. That money's not coming in. No, 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 no. But I'm I'm just saying, I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of other professionals that own businesses. We're not privileged anymore because that money's not coming in. The only way that money was coming in is those 30 million people were working and they're not. And they're not spending because they don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And they truly believe their funds are going to get cut off at any moment from the federal government. And some of them are still waiting on it. Okay. But I lean strongly to my faith in God because I've been taught not to lean to my faith in man. Now, which one you want? You want the Tuskegee experiment? Mm-hmm. You want... When we had the war with, with the bombing of Pearl Harbor and all the Chinese were put in the camps or the Japanese Chinese were put in the camps but they were told they were going to be taken care of. Do you want um, let's see, how much further can I go? You want your 40 acres and a mule that the government said that black folks were going to get when slavery was when slavery was abolished? How many more examples do you want where government officials have lied to mass people and made them promises and said things were going to be one way and it never happened? Or, or yeah, here, here's one for the Indians, the trail it is. 
when promises were made, but yet they were drugged and made to walk across the United States to the worst uninhabitable land that no other person wanted in the United States. And they were told, you can be here. Only to be told, once people did want that land, we're moving you again. How many, how many different examples do you want of this people is, this is, trust? Yo, this is, this is real government. funny, and I'm going to tell you why Fair. it's funny. The same person that's critiquing what it appears to be now, um, government's promises and stuff like that, is the same person that's quoting government statistics in relation to a virus. I find that funny. I, I, I find that funny. That's that. that, 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 that. That's no, 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 no. Those are those are that, uh, don't 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 mistake it. Don't two, don't mistake. Two, I have never quoted two, Donald Trump's two, statistics over the White House. Two. Statistics. No. Brother, you can't put that in my mouth and keep going because I ain't never said that. Never. I said Fauci. Fauci is an independent scientist. And he came before the people and told him, I'm not gonna Fauci. lie to you. And I'm not going to be manipulated for to the point that Donald Trump look, actually look, wants to works for an institution. I mean, let's come on. You, you, you're, you, you, you are an attorney. You are an independent attorney. But at the end of the day, you are still a part of the American Bar Association. Fauci, we already know is independent, but he's still a part of an institution. Let's knock it off and quit playing these games. He's a part of an institution. And what I'm saying is you're critiquing. These institutions on what they have done and the oppression that they have caused. Yet you're, yet you no, 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 no. I didn't say institutions. No, no, you cannot. That's what I'm saying. You can't. You can't put words in my mouth. God, you know, you can't put words in my mouth. Come on, man. Those events, those events was was come on now, but. They were systematic in terms of there was people that was using those. There was people that was using tools of fear in order to conduct those experiments. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta create the dichotomy, brother. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't see doing that. No, trailer, because trailer, because trailer, because the coronavirus, coronavirus is not no Tuskegee experiment. Now you can say that. You can say that you may have officials that may use the hype or use the fear of the coronavirus in order to do something like that. But the coronavirus in and of itself is not a Tuskegee experiment. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. Hold on. Hold on. Every 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 freed slave will receive 40 acres and a mule was a promise made with the authority of the president by a U.S. general, okay? That's not, that was the American government, okay? Uh, 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 what else did I say? 40 acres and a mule, the... Not the uh, trail of tears. Trail of, uh, trail, trail, trail of tears was an actual um, agreement that was a treaty between the Indians and the federal government. Okay, that was the American government that did that to the Indians, and it was solely for the money and the land. That's all it was about the money and the land. Freeing the slaves, taxing the South, the money. Okay, because slaves were considered property and not an employee of the master. And so 
as property, you didn't have to pay taxes on those employees. But if they were labeled employees of the master, then they had to pay federal taxes on all the employees that worked on the plantation. So once again, money. So it always goes back to money with the federal government and choosing the money over the people because the money makes us strong. But the reality is this, okay? A human life is priceless because a human life was a gift that was given by God, not man. Well, and I'm always well, going to choose God's that's creation. Good. That's a good. That's over a good money. spill. I appreciate that, but I'm not talking about no federal government. I'm talking about people making a kind of decision based on their own life and their own their own merit in order to go out there and make a living. And God, the the same God that you are praising right now, that God have gave them the freedom and gave them the ability to do that, and gave no one the right to strip that away. And I think once you start the strip that away or attempt to strip that away without just cause in that situation I think, wait a minute I'll let you I'll let you talk I'll let you talk it wait should, a minute now it I'll shouldn't be stripped away in that it, it, I'll let you talk in that situation go, in go that ahead. situation that you are stripping a person of going out there to do the God given thing that he or she has been blessed to do you stripping them of that is you in my opinion, trying to play God. So that's my assessment of it. And with that, I'll close it out because I'm pretty sure we're going to do another. This is going to be a continuation. So I just want to let the audience know. This is going to be a continuation with me and my co-host. And this is how we do. We go at it. We go back and forth probably every single day. And I hope y'all could be a part of that. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Stay focused.